0: Hey guys, well, welcome to another Known Experience podcast. We are excited to have with us today, James Hatfield from Metallica. <laughs> no, not really, but John definitely looks like him. He, you're a dead ringer, man. He, sh- he shaved his mustache in, in honor of our guest today. It's Max Skinner. He's the community development manager for Movember. And John had a beard as of 30 minutes ago, but he shaved it off and he is a, just... You're looking good. You're let's looking go. Good, buddy.
1: <laughs> He's ready ready to mow. <laughs> he,
0: right. He is my my this is a this is a horrible thing, but my wife is so anti the mustache that, you know, movember is a is a is a tough thing in our house.
1: <laughs> <laughs> jo- hey, join join the club and I work here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man, but uh, yeah, but Truly, Max, thanks for thanks for joining us. I know it's a busy time ramping up. It's right around the corner. So yeah, straight from California, right? That's where you're at right now?
1: Yeah, yeah. We're uh, in our Santa Monica office uh, here in LA. We've got, Movember has offices spread throughout the world. We Our headquarters is actually in Melbourne, Australia, where it started 20 years ago. We have offices in London, Dublin, Toronto, LA, and New York. So it's a it's a global operation and yeah, a lot going on about a week out from the big campaign, but always happy to spread the good word about November. So I appreciate you guys having me.
0: So I was surprised to see, I was looking at the financials, right? And I think 2021 is the latest that you guys have the snapshot, of, but $90 million globally, I, I had far underestimated <laughs> your, I guess, the reach, right? I mean, your, your global fundraising is four times what is just done in the US alone. So it's definitely global movement, not just something that's you know, a U.S. thing.
1: So. Totally. Yeah. I mean, it, listen, it, it started off literally in a bar. A couple guys, our, our two founders, the Garoni brothers, were just having a beer in a bar in Melbourne, Australia. And I think one of their friends uh, was actually uh, going through a breast cancer uh, battle and they saw the amount of support and resources that were pouring in, uh, for their friends when it came to breast cancer awareness. And they felt that men's health was kind of being brushed under the, under the rug a little bit. And I think one of their friends was actually battling prostate cancer at the time. And they felt like they wanted to bring more awareness around that cause. And, you know, obviously October is breast cancer awareness month. There's a ton of other awareness months sprinkled throughout the year, but there wasn't anything dedicated you know, strictly and solely around men's health, and they wanted to bring more awareness to men's health, you know, holistically. And so that's kind of how Movember was was started, fairly organically, just a couple guys chatting over a pint of beer, and it's grown into a global movement of more than 6 million fundraisers around the world in, in the last 20 years. So it's come a long way, uh, a lot more work to be done, but, you know, it helps having conversations like this and, and helping get the word out.
2: Yeah, from I've seen your commercials, I saw one just a few minutes ago, actually, and, and those of you that are listening, you've probably seen them, you probably have said, what is this massive chrome mustache? Is this, it's like Burning Man meets Napoleon <laughs> Dynamite meets like Scientology. What What is this about? <laughs> uh, tell us uh, about this movement. And what are your emphasis uh, of, of helping with men's health?
1: Yeah, I mean, you're fairly spot on on the whole on the whole marketing push. It's uh, definitely been a head turner for us. As I mentioned, you know, Movember started 20 years ago, so we're celebrating our 20 year anniversary this year, which is super exciting. Uh, it's amazing to see how how far we've come over the years. I mean, you know, since since we started, we've raised over a billion dollars uh, for men's health pro- uh, programs, community health partners. So it's it's really come a long way. And the whole new campaign creative is kind of in celebration of. That whole global movement that we've seen over the last two decades. I, I think with the with the campaign creative itself, you know, we've tried to get a little cheeky and we we always try to keep things light and modern and kind of progressive here at Movember because our whole thing is like trying to meet men where they're at, right? Where they're most comfortable and speaking their lingo. And so the the campaign creative is just kind of a cheeky, fun little marketing piece that we've that we've played with, try to tap into a younger audience. Ultimately, you know, our, our causes affect you know, men across the spectrum, what depending on your age or demographic, you know, for example, we, we have three key focus areas that we fund and support. It started off with prostate cancer, which is the number one cancer among older gentlemen. In fact, one in eight men will be diagnosed with prostate cancer at some point in their lives. Unfortunately, it's a you know fairly alarming statistic, but luckily, you know, with, with our help and with some of the programs uh, that we've funded over the years, that number is is getting higher. So there's way more readily accessible tools at our fingertips, thanks to some of the, the programs and support that we've done. So prostate cancer is, you know, key focus area for us. Testicular cancer is another cause area of ours. That's, you know, the most common cancer among younger men, as you can imagine. Super preventable, preventable disease. Thankfully, if you know, if you catch it early enough, you you feel something off, you go get tested seems pretty straightforward but that's something that we preach if something feels off you know just go to go to your doctor get it checked out and most you know 9 times out of 10 it'll be very preventable and fairly easy recovery and then the last piece that we that we focus on that we actually introduced about 5 years ago right before the pandemic was around men's mental health and suicide prevention seems to be kind of a major crisis point in our country right now 3 out of 4 suicides are made by men unfortunately and for whatever reason you know men more men are going to therapy now more than ever before, but for whatever reason, the suicide rate among men continues to rise like kind of in correlation with that that other statistic. So something's not working, whether it's traditional therapy or whatever it may be, but regardless, you know w- there's a lot more work to be done, and we're kind of at the forefront of of all these different different programs and and health and health initiatives. So yeah, those are our three core uh, focus areas
0: what brought you to this company, right? I, I think there's, when you, when you take on a role like this, it's not just, you know, a development job or a sales job. There has to be a greater reason why you landed here. So what's, what's kind of your, your story and and what was the gravity that, that brought you to this position?
1: Yeah, totally. Like a lot of my colleagues and folks that, that work at Movember, we've all been you know, touched by one of our causes to some degree, whether through a loved one or a friend of a friend. I think everyone pretty much walking around on a daily basis is touched by, you know, especially mental health and suicide to some degree. And that's actually where, where my passion for, for nonprofit work started in the suicide prevention space. I was living in Boston at the time. This is about eight years ago. And unfortunately, my, my mom was battling heavy depression and anxiety and unfortunately, you know, depression got the best of her and she ended up taking her own life one day and I was fresh out of school, you know, bushy eyed, 21 year old kid. And my life was just, my world was, you know, turned upside down like that. And I was an only child and I was kind of left to pick up the pieces after my mom passed. And that was obviously a catalyst for me to do something with purpose in my life and to, to build something meaningful And at the time I was, you know, actually working in sports marketing with the Red Sox for a bit and with DraftKings when I was in Boston and kind of woke up one day and it just didn't feel like what I I was supposed to be doing with my life. And I wanted to build, you know, something with purpose and something meaningful. And I actually broke off and ended up starting my own own company. It was kind of a consulting business for small to grassroots nonprofits at the time. And our whole goal was to get younger people more engaged and more active with, with nonprofit work just kind of tapping into their heartstrings. Right. And we were, you know, doing a lot of event marketing for, you know, small nonprofits around new England and then COVID hit and obviously couldn't do in-person events anymore. And so I shifted the the model to more of a crowdfunding platform at the time. And we, we got a little involved in blockchain and web three and that whole, that whole Ponzi scheme. And so I ended up, you know, actually developing some tech that I sold to a third party and in the process of offboarding that, that that startup, my wife and I moved out to LA right after we got married, just to start fresh. And during that offboarding process, this job at Movember opened up, and it felt like serendipity in a way because the timing just worked out perfectly. You know, mental health was still involved, and keep in mind at my at my last company that I was running, you know, mental health and suicide prevention was a was a focal point for us. I think we ended up raising like 300k for you know various suicide prevention partners around New England uh, over the years. So for me, that was incredibly rewarding. And for me, like at Movember, it was just the, the most natural segue. And you know, having a, honest, vulnerable conversations like this or with community members who have been through similar experiences that I had with my mom, to me, like that's the most rewarding thing at the end of the day. Uh, and that's why I work here. Hmm.
0: John, you had something. I cut you off earlier. Oh
1: little. no, it's all right. We, I mean,
2: I feel like we need to cut each other off more, Sean. I feel like this needs to be more like smartless, where we're just roasting each other constantly. And we're <laughs> way too nice. This is just boring the hell out of people. I,
1: I wish I, I wish I had a Sean in my life to cut me off. Yeah. <laughs> That's what uh, my wife's for, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh,
2: do you have some of those suicide men's suicide statistics handy, Max?
1: Yeah, I mean I mentioned one earlier. Three out of four suicides are are made by men. So about seventy-five percent. I mean, that's our that's our biggest kind of call to action and obviously very alarming. I think we're waiting on a ton of research, especially since the pandemic. I believe I could be mistaken, but but I believe a report is coming out in early 2024 with some some more recent learnings and findings with the pandemic in mind. And Mm -hmm. As I mentioned, I know for a fact, and I don't have this number on me right now, but I know more men are going to going to therapy than ever before, mm-hmm. and then the suicide rate for men continues to climb. So, all very alarming. But that's that's why we're here, right? That's why we're having this conversation, and that's why we do the work that we do here in yeah. November.
2: Do you? You know, we mentioned traditional therapy, which. You know, I'm a I'm a supporter of, but I know it doesn't fix everything. And we actually had a therapist on a few episodes ago. But for yourself, what what else have you found really helpful for you in your own journey with mental health, and obviously, what struggles you've been through with your family? What's been helpful for you?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, as you can imagine, like after my mom passed, I I went through hell mentally, to say the least. As any as any young kid would, or you know older person would for that matter when they lose their mom like that's your matriarch that's your rock and it was kind of shattered and in, in return or in exchange my my world was kind of shattered to some degree i had just entered the workforce so i was kind of na- trying to navigate those waters for the first time as well so it was a lot of unknowns and uncertainty that i was trying to battle through and you know, for me, I, I, I turned to alcohol and, and drugs and all kind of the negative habits that you can imagine as a young young kid who just lost his parent. And luckily, you know, I ended up finding, I was living in Charlotte, North Carolina at the time, and I found a therapist down there. And she was kind of a, you know, grief support traditional therapist uh, with a focus on mindfulness and meditation and breathing methods and all that good stuff. And honestly, that that really saved my life. Just using some of her ground working tactics to, you know, when I felt a panic attack coming on, just digging my feet into the grounds, doing the four by four breath work, breathing through my stomach, that saved me in those little moments. And as a result, helped me build habits, positive habits and positive habitual patterns over time that I still use today. Granted, I'm in such a better place, but you know, therapy certainly helped. Support for my friends and family, that's, you know, that goes without saying. And then honestly, getting involved with, with nonprofits, I I mentioned, you know, the startup that I created, but that wasn't my first touch point with, with suicide prevention work. There was this organization called Samaritans based out of Boston, and I ended up like running their 5k, their annual 5k one, one summer. And that was my first exposure to nonprofit work. And honestly, man, like crossing that finish line along with other suicide survivors and other families who had been touched by suicide was one of the most fulfilling experiences I'll probably ever have, like immediately filled with tears, emotions. They had a whole ribbon wall. Like we were talking about earlier, they had a ribbon wall that people would write in memory of a a loved one that they lost. And that whole event was, again, kind of a catalyst for me to, to get involved in nonprofit work. And so, like, I guess I I encourage anyone that's struggling or going through a difficult time or uh, having lost a loved one, you got to get your hands dirty and you got to jump into the weeds that might feel very uncomfortable. But for me, that was the best way to move on and to give back and to help other people who experienced something that I had experienced. Like for me, traditional therapy certainly helped. Getting involved with the cause that (laughs) flipped my world upside down really helped
0: have you found that that there's been an increase in like men's willingness over the past couple years to you know take part in your events again i historically i i've known about you guys for years and it's always been with the guys i know to be a little bit passive right they just like growing the mustache and it's like a passive thing which is which is fine but it's very guy in the approach right it's like i'm gonna grow the mustache it's gonna be funny we're gonna be bros for a month But the content was a little lacking, right? So how do you guys break through that? And have you seen that kind of increase the past couple of years?
1: Great, great question. Totally warranted question. Obviously, the mustache is our, that's our walking billboard, right? That's what people know us for, especially when you talk about Australia. Like it's a very well-known brand over there, as opposed to the States. Like we have some brand perception stuff to work on over here. But regardless, that's what people know Movember for, right? Right ultimately like we want people to think of the mustache like they do the pink ribbon for breast cancer awareness again it's yeah. our walking it's our walking billboard but it 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 really goes deeper than that I, you know i talk about community and why people get involved and their motivation and passion for whatever our causes are i think ultimately you know the mustache i don't want to say it's gotten a little stale over the years but to your point like the marketing and content has kind of played played itself out a bit and we're always trying to find ways to innovate and, and get people involved that go beyond just, you know, raising money for, for men's health, right? We have one initiative called Mow Your Own Way, which basically encourages folks, you know, it gives them carte blanche. They can raise awareness however they see fit. So, for example, we had this one guy who's a professional skydiver. And he actually broke the Guinness book of world records for most times skydiving naked. And all he had was a Movember flag. And he did that (laughs) 63 times in 24 hours, skydiving (laughs) naked. And, And like, that's like a microcosm of like how people in our community get involved. Like we have people that make like Movember scented candles or they'll sew like a Movember themed quilt and auction that off. And, so I, I like using the naked skydiver as an example, just to show you like kind of the unique ways that people get involved beyond just raising, you know, raising funds or growing a mustache. So it's, we, yeah. we try to keep it fresh, try to keep it unique, but ultimately it's up to our, our community, you know?
0: Yeah. I saw that you last year, you guys did a few international trips too, which looked pretty, pretty cool. And uh, maybe I'm wrong, but it was like you had to raise $10,000 essentially to go on the trip. And that was it. But they were pretty spectacular uh, trips.
1: Yeah. No, we we have a whole adventure series. Last year, we we I think there was about twelve or fifteen of our community members, and in, in, including a couple colleagues of mine that climbed Mount Killy. And in order to you know to be eligible to climb uh, on behalf of the organization, you have to raise like ten thousand dollars as like kind of like an entry fee. So it you know it definitely finds the most passionate folks. But that my manager Greg actually. Uh, ended up climbing Mount Killy with with the rest of the folks and he said it was one of the coolest experiences as you can imagine when you hit that peak everyone's filled with so many different different emotions because they're all there for for various reasons but um yeah man there's there's a bunch of different ways to get involved we have a marathon series we're actually going to uh be part of the Berlin marathon next year which is exciting we've been doing you know the New York and Chicago marathon the, the last few years um, so Keith and our team has really done a good job of expanding that adventure series. But yeah, to your point, man, there's a lot of different ways you can get involved um, which is the cool part about working here. Hmm.
2: Yeah. Forgive me. I'm still, I'm still stuck on the the physiology of the naked skydiver. Um, the, get that
1: yeah. image out of your head. It, it was
2: not just the flag that was waving in the wind. Uh, that, that, that has got to be uncomfortable. Um, yeah, man.
1: I can't imagine.
2: I, uh, I, I, I want to look at, on your website, you talk about five things for men to know and do. And I'd like to highlight those because I think for men listening to this, this could be really helpful because I know that uh, they're helpful to me. And uh, the first one is spend time with with people who make you feel good. And I, I know the last time I really had a bout with just discouragement and hopelessness, I... I, I, for the first time was really intentional about reaching out to people and spending time with them just one-on-one just to be with someone and talk, um, which sometimes is easier to just shut down and kind of withdraw. And that was really helpful to me. And the second one is, is similar. Talk more, talk about it. Don't just bottle it up inside. Before we move on to the others, I'd like to hear what you guys have found in, in that in helpful and just when you're struggling, just getting together with somebody that you know and trust and talking to them about it.
1: it it's huge, man. And, and you you touched on it, John, like as men, <laughs> we tend to shove our emotions down and we don't necessarily open up until it, you know, bubbles up in a negative fashion at some point in our lives. I'm, I'm guilty of it. I think ultimately, whatever, <laughs> whatever it may be, I, I think men were kind of wired like almost socially wired to have this this masculine connotation with our lives where we we don't feel necessarily comfortable seeking help or being vulnerable. And I think cutting through all the bullshit and cutting through the noise to have conversations like this and to open up is so incredibly important. And I, I'd like to think that narrative has kind of shifted over the last five years, especially since the pandemic and we were so isolated by nature. I think men have become a little more comfortable opening it up. At least those are kind of my passive learning, having worked at November for a year, which has been super encouraging. I mean, just having conversations with our community members and they tell me right off the bat why they get involved or what they're dealing with. And, you know, hearing that firsthand is really encouraging for me. We we have a model here at November that we we kind of abide by. It's called ALEC. It's, a, it's around mental health, A L E C. Ask, listen, encourage action and change. That's something that we kind of preach to to our community members. You know, whenever you're you're speaking to a buddy or a loved one who might be battling something, they're probably not going to give you a peek behind the curtain. So it's really important that you ask them as many questions as possible. We we're all very intuitive human beings. We know when someone's struggling, especially if it's a, a good friend or a loved one you know when they're down in the dumps you can tell by their body language or their eyes or whatever it might be so i you know we really encourage folks to to ask questions and then to listen and encourage action that's kind of a model that we live by that seems simple on paper but it's it's super powerful if you if you try to you know intertwine it with your daily life
0: yeah no i mean i think even even for me that that works better right i i tend to not offer a lot <clears throat> when, you know, just if I'm feeling something internally, I'll try and work, and John's heard this before I try to work through it, solve the problem. And sometimes that works, but I I don't often, you know, I might start a conversation, but I don't say why I'm really starting that conversation, right? I hope we actually get there, but I don't offer that on the front end. And and that's a pretty chronic <laughs> issue but but i don't think i'm alone in that right i think that the whole asking is so critical right when you have people because then if you're a truthful person and you respect a relationship you'll answer it honestly even if it is uncomfortable but it's a it's a lot less uncomfortable than you pursuing someone and then it it almost feels like for me like desperation if i bring it up but if they ask it's not
1: you know Totally. But sometimes you got to kind of pull it out of your friends, because again, like men, yeah. <laughs> they're not going to want to share and, you know, they're, they're not going to want to be vulnerable. And I, there's actually a really good tool that we use here. It's called Movember Conversations. And if you go to movember.com conversations, it's a great tool that helps you kind of kickstart those difficult conversations with your friends who might be struggling and you don't know where the hell to start. It kind of it's uh it, it creates a dialogue for you and you could plug in whatever the prompt might be, like my friend is having suicidal ideation, I don't know what to do, I don't know where to start the conversation. And Movember conversations will basically populate a dialogue and talking points for you to utilize. So I I really highly recommend checking out that tool because it's a it's a, it's a great, it's a great starting point because to your point, man, it's it's tough to have those conversations, especially if the other person on the other end isn't willing. To, to share or open up. So November Conversations is, is great in that facet.
2: Ask, listen, encourage action, and check in. I, I like that a lot. I want to finish up these five things that, the, that you suggest here. The talk, spend time with people that make you feel good. Talk more. Three is know your numbers. Know, know what you should be concerned about statistically, health-wise. Talk to your doctor about it four is know thy nuts i'll just leave that that's pretty self-explanatory but i do think it's interesting because you see stuff for you know like mammograms and like self checks for women everywhere it's common but you don't hear about it for men and that's something we have to
1: talk about totally but at the end of the day we all know our bodies better than than anyone and mm-hmm. you know where whether you're in the shower washing washing your peaches or whatever it may be and you're, you're feeling around and something doesn't feel right like it's really straightforward and simple but just go go get it checked out like ultimately you know your body better than anyone so that's kind of where I know that comes from and then know the metrics we you know we always preach from the mountaintops about some of these alarming statistics not to scare people but we're trying to light a fire and kind of create a little bit of urgency where. Especially in prostate cancer, right? One in eight men will will be diagnosed with prostate cancer at some point in their lives. A lot of people have a family history of of prostate cancer. You might be, you know, genetically predisposed. It's good to know those things so that you know when to get screened and to go talk to your doctor to see when, you know, what age you are genetically predisposed or when you're, you know. So we always say like know the know the metrics because it helps being proactive about your health. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: Well, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to throw myself under the bus a little bit here. You guys are, <laughs> you're guys going to laugh at me. So a lot, man, I don't know, 15 years ago, I, I, I had an issue <laughs> and like my left nut hurt so bad that I couldn't walk. So I'm sitting on the, I'm sitting on the couch and I am just like, dude, something's not right. So it, it gets good and like it's it's manageable enough that i can go to the library so i'm I'm with the library at the, with i'm at the library with my wife and she's off and i'm like just google you know i'm not t- i didn't tell her about it and i'm like Googling, you know testicular cancer and i'm reading about it and i'm kind of a hypochondriac right so i'm like oh i definitely got it i got it you know i, th- I think i was 27 at the time i start getting the cold sweats right <laughs> like this panic attack in the library i'm in nashville at the time john (laughs) and i get up and i almost pass out (laughs) because i have myself so so worked up that i have testicular cancer and i have to lay down on the floor of (laughs) oh no of the library because i worked myself up so much (laughs) i didn't end up having it But it is one of the funniest memories about, (laughs) you know, knowing, knowing your nuts. And and when you think you have something, you don't, 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 you know, get get over, get over the ski, you know, over your knees.
1: (laughs) I I did, I had a, I had a similar scare, man, actually, like (laughs) this, this time last year, I had just started working in November and, you know, I was going through the old onboarding training, know thy nuts, all that, all that language. And. You know, I was taking a piss one night and was feeling around down there and felt a lump. And, like, my stomach just dropped. Like, it was, I'm sure the similar feeling you had, like, doom scrolling on WebMD. But, <laughs> yeah. holy smokes, I, like, tried to go back to sleep after. I couldn't sleep that night. Like, woke up my wife, like, freaking out. Ended up getting checked out. It turned out to be a benign cyst, thankfully. But those, you know, that first week or so before I knew the the blood results was... It was horrible it was like daunting and like my my stomach you know my heart was in my stomach and yeah it's it's scary man but again like you know if if you if you you catch something something feels off just go get tested like it probably won't end up being anything like like you and i (laughs) yeah right
2: (laughs) but you know i mean i think a lot of men are really reluctant to go to the doctor for anything yeah, and yeah, yeah. so i think this is a good just reminder to men out there just go to the doctor just get it checked out better to know now than to find out later right like there's nothing you don't benefit in any way by putting things off um, so know that know the numbers know when you need to get your colonoscopy all that kind of stuff know your nuts i think most of us do pretty well And lastly, move, 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 which I really like this move throughout the day. If you're at, if you're in the office at lunch, if you can go for a walk around the block at lunch, I was dog sitting for somebody recently and I work from home and I was like, this is nice. It makes me go outside three times a day and walk a few blocks. And I think it's just good for your mental health. It's good for everything. Right.
1: Totally. I mean, it's completely correlated. Like it's, sounds simple on paper but exercise has a direct correlation to your your physical and mental health so that's that's yeah one thing we we encourage all of our community members to do in fact we have a whole move for November initiative where we challenge folks during the month of November to run or walk 60 miles for the 60 men that we lose to suicide every hour around the world so we've been on this call for let's see 46 minutes. Uh, since we've been on this call, we've lost 46 men to suicide, unfortunately, around the world. And so that that move for Movember Challenge is just to put it into perspective. It's always a very powerful piece and encourages people to just get out there and get your legs moving. Then, but yeah, you you nailed it, John.
2: Wow, yeah. 60 men an hour throughout the world.
1: That's just one, uh, one a minute. It's it sucks, but that's why that's why we do the work that we do, right?
2: Yep. Yeah, yeah. Very sobering. Well, tell us how you've given us a few ways people can get involved. What what can we do more than grow a mustache, and how do we use that to promote
1: Movember and what you're doing? It's a month long fundraising challenge, and we have a global network of about six million supporters that get involved every year, and it's absolutely fantastic. You know, ultimately, any sort of awareness that you're you're willing to to do, whether it's through a a skimpy mustache or a beautiful Fu Manchu, like you got there, John. Like uh, the mustache is such a good conversation starter that that's, again, that's our walking billboard. That's kind of our bread and butter, right? But it, it goes a little deeper than that. You know, we we have um, many different ways to get involved. I mentioned the move challenge. So folks can actually keep track of the their distance and how many miles or kilometers they've walked directly through our mobile app and directly through the website. So if you go on the Movember.com or download the Movember mobile app, you can set up a, a Mo page, a, an account for yourself, and you don't necessarily have to fundraise. You can keep track of your however many miles you run or walk next month. And it's you can actually sync up with a fitness a fitness app or Strava or whatever. So that's kind of a cool feature we have in-house. You can host an event. You can mow your own way. As I mentioned earlier, you can go skydiving naked if you want. Whatever it takes to, to raise awareness holistically about about men's health. There's a lot of different ways you can get involved beyond just you know raising funds. So encourage folks to just go to our website, Movember.com, sign up, create a page, register. And once you get registered, you'll be in our communications funnel and you'll get more information about our causes, where the money's going, the different programs that we support, all that good stuff. So yeah, that's a good starting point. Just going go to our website and learning more.
0: Well, thanks so much, man. Thank you for taking the time. John, and I really appreciate it. You know, this is this is why we do what we do too. Uh, you know, greater, uh, just a greater effect on men's health and a holistic approach and relationship. And so, we're we're right there with you, just on a, a different set of years maybe. But but it's it's good to have guys across the world um, this coming month that are, have the same intention. So we appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. Appreciate the opportunity. And, you know, it helps having folks like you in our corner and uh, spreading the good word, not only about Movember, but about men's mental health and all these important topics. So really appreciate what you guys are doing. And yeah, we're always happy to help support you guys as well.
2: Awesome. If you're listening, hang on, we're going to come back in just a few minutes after Max goes away. We'll come back with after the interview. We haven't done one of these in a while. Sean, I have a feeling this one's going to be really controversial
1: so okay <laughs> all right max we'll see you later man all right fellas appreciate the time and talk soon yep. thanks Bye.
2: very controversial <laughs> i don't know what i was trying to say all right, welcome back for after the interview. I don't know why I said controversial, Sean. I think I was trying to think of like, um, what's the word I was looking for? Sensational, or you know, provocative, maybe. Provocative. Yeah. Well,
0: I know that your new camera has. I mean, it's just it has your your faces in such great detail now. I just yeah, can't stop. Too,
2: that's a problem for me. <laughs> Man, how about this guy skydiving naked sixty something times? I mean, holy you, moly! Do no, you I think he could continue to procreate after that? I mean, that's
0: that's some velocity.
2: Yeah, that's some drag. <laughs> Flapping is all I'm thinking. About. <laughs> Flapping in the wind.
0: Man, yeah, you know, I, I, it is great to see a movement like this go for so long, though. You know, I think that's that that's a really cool part about it. You know, we, we, we talked about how the mustache is overplayed, but listen, man, it's like the pink is going strong for the ladies for breastwear, you know, like it it is, if it's, if that is the flag, I mean, that could last a generation or multiple generations. Right. So it's cool to see it's, it's amazing to see the worldwide movement. Right. I think that was a, that was a really surprising thing for me to, to see the majority of their support is international. And maybe it's just in Australia, the vast majority of that. But yeah, very, very cool to hear think, about that. I wonder thing.
2: how much the hipster embracing of the ironic mustache has watered down their brand. Or maybe they caused the movement. I don't know. But yeah, it's not like you don't automatically see some guy with like a waxed up curly mustache and think, oh, he must be taking part in November. You just think he's another yes. one of those guys. Yeah. No, no judgment here of those guys, by the way.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Oh man. But, you know, I think the, one of the, one of the, the takeaways obviously was this, the staggering number, but also to see this is what they do. Right. And they, we are in a weird time that with men's health to understand what's going on, right? Even these guys, it seemed like they don't know either, right? With this, this kind of crossroads, we find ourselves, or this increase in, in focus on mental health, but also this increase in the decision to end one's life or. So I, I think it's, it's fascinating, fascinating and tragic, because I don't know what the, what the outcome is, right? Studies will give us an indicator of what the problem is, but what's the solution? I think will take a lot of work yeah. from from a lot of people. I I also didn't get a touch on it, and I was going to ask. It was in, it was in my notes, but just the numbers on research dollars for men's health, right? Is it? I have no idea. Compared to women, you know what what is the actual focus and money going into mental health and physical health, right? I, I was surprised that I'd always assumed that Movember was predominantly mental health. I didn't realize it started off as physical, right? Prostate mm-hmm. and uh, testicular. That, that was actually new to me.
2: <laughs> well, what's interesting to what you're saying is the number of dollars raised for different issues versus the number of people who die from different issues is radically different. Hmm. So for instance, like the number one fundraiser is breast cancer, two hundred fifty-seven million dollars, right? Um, while the number one killer is heart disease, five hundred ninety-six thousand people versus breast cancer, forty-one thousand people. Wow, so so the numbers are almost flipped for heart disease. The fundraising 000. is fifty-four million to five hundred ninety-six thousand deaths, and for breast cancer, it's. raised for 41,000 deaths.
0: Wow. So it's 12x the number of deaths, but like what? 80% less fundraising.
2: I don't know the math other than knowing those are drastically. And and with suicide, there's 3.2 million raised for suicide. There are almost as many suicides as there are deaths from breast cancer. 39,000 suicides. So thirty nine thousand suicides with three point two million raised. Forty one thousand breast cancer with two hundred and fifty seven million raised. And that's nothing against breast cancer yeah, yeah, uh, right, fundraising. Right, right. It's just certain topics are much more um, yeah. attractive to give towards, or more easy for people to connect with. Yeah, hmm. I think we see heart disease more as a lifestyle issue, so we're not as grace graceful towards it as, sure, as right. whereas breast cancer is something that people you know it's probably right. genetic and they really can't do much about hmm. yeah the first encounter i ever had with suicide was when i was in high school maybe you no know, i think a freshman in high school and a, a friend of mine that i was in youth group with i had slept over at his house helped him run his paper route I, my mom just came in one morning and said you know toby killed himself And just, I just rocked my world as like a 13 year old. You just don't 14, whatever we were, you don't don't think about a a friend doing that, especially somebody you've been to their house, you know, their dad, their parents seems to be like a relatively like healthy environment. Have you had a brush with that in your life? Not close friends.
0: Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I've known people but they weren't they weren't part of my close circle but yeah yeah and it i think the sad part is well i don't want to say it makes sense right because then it says that 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 insinuates that normal people don't struggle with it but a lot of the ones that i heard about made sense right there was a circumstance or you knew the person and then you're like oh yeah there was some red flags but I think those are the easier ones, right? When it, when it does make sense. And I think that's where for the normal guy that has a good life, that's struggling with it, they don't even want to bring it up because they know that their life is probably good. And so it feels wrong to even say that you're struggling with it, right? Because you do have all the boxes checked, right? You're not a social outcast. You're not, you know, a heroin addict you're not homeless. You haven't been fired from your job, right? You're living a normal life, but you're struggling with it. I think that that is, that's a, that's actually a really hard place to be. Those other places are extremely difficult as well, but they make sense. Right. So I'm, I'm just saying for the guy. And even for me in seasons where you're dealing with a depressive state, you feel like an idiot for feeling depressed, you know? Yeah. And, and I think that's the the greater challenge with these conversations for me is for all of us is to meet that guy, you know, there was this ad and there was these two guys, two best friends at a soccer game and it showed them every Sunday, just clips. And like one guy was like super enthusiastic and he was pumped. The other guy was just sitting there watching when the goal was scored. And then the guy, the super enthusiastic guy had an empty seat and they put a flag on a seat, but the somber guy, so like the whole commercial, you're like, Oh, the somber guy is the one that's going to, commit suicide and it's a guy that showed no signs so- no signs, right? Mm-hmm. He was a happy friend at the game. He was high high fiving people. And it was a really powerful commercial, right? Because we all assume the quiet guy, but we never ask the normal guy if he's all right too. Because that very well may be a coping mechanism, right? Just in how he projects himself. Anyway, that was kind of a long but
2: Yeah, we never know where our friends are at. And I think it's a good reminder to us to ask for help. And Sean, not make them ask you like they can read your mind. Your wife can do that. I can't do that, Sean. So
0: yeah, no, it's true. It's true.
2: um, I think it's a good time to interject that there was something that happened last year that in this past year that that a lot of people, some friends of mine have been working on for a long time. That's a national suicide hotline. And it's 988. And it's immediately connected to a counselor or somebody to help you talk through what you're dealing with. And I think what you said is really important, Sean. A lot of times we will shame our own pain. Like we'll mm-hmm. beat ourselves up over the fact that we're hurting and think, I don't deserve, I shouldn't feel that way. Or I I should be more grateful. And then we feel even worse than we did to start with. So if that's you, we can relate and just encourage you to reach out Uh, to somebody for help at the very, at at the very least, we'd say you could reach out to us, you know, John at known com or Sean at known com. We would be there for you in a heartbeat. So. Yeah. I think the, the real
0: challenge too, if you're busy and I, you know, John knows this as my friend, you know, I'm five months into a very new busy season and you really can, I forgot how quickly you can fill your life with, tasks because there's always tasks and there's always people. So if you have a busy life, don't, don't let that busy kind of numb a lot of what's going on inside because it's, it's easy. It's, it's easy to kind of get disconnected from, from what you're doing. And, and I, you know, I know that I feel that and it's only been five months, right? Like when I have a bad day, I just get busier because Mm -hmm. it's way easier to focus on a task than it is to call John (laughs) <laughs> so anyway but well it's a good one guys i think there's always hope right there's always hope there's always people i think that's one of the the really uh, important things that we have to remind ourselves um as lonely as life can feel that's hopefully not the reality for you hopefully there is someone um or many people in your life that will ask and if they can't ask that you can just show up and be around them. As John said, he does right. Going with people that just being in the presence of people he knows cares. So uh, we encourage you to do that and to really nurture, nurture those relationships in the good time uh, in good, good times and, and uh, lean on them in the, in the times when you don't may not have the strength yourself. So let's go into November, remembering that supporting each other. And uh, yeah. And if you, and if you want to support, November if you don't just support your your brotherhood right that's it's not just about them i think that that's what was made clear today it's about men's health as a whole not just their organization and they believe that obviously we believe that so but it's been good we we thank you for listening in please share the podcast let us know on instagram or shoot us an email if you have any great guests that you think would be of benefit to to what we're trying to do here so Go into your week, be encouraged, and we hope you continue to experience the power of being known.